Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Conversations. Happy New Year. Welcome to all in this, the year of 2023. The year of Sanderson. It's here. It is upon us and we have so many plans that we needed to make sure we did this episode covering the state of the Sanderson. While it may go without saying, we plan on saying a lot about it. The state of the Sanderson is very strong. We are pumped about this next year that kind of came unexpectedly. It was like a gift that came, you know, a little bit before Christmas, right from Brandon himself when he announced this year of the secret projects and the conventions, the planning for Stormlight Archive 5. There's just a lot going on, and we're very excited. And we bring you this episode to talk in detail about the State of the Sanderson released on Coloss Headmunching Day, Brandon's birthday. This will help us know what to expect over the next year plus from Brandon Sanderson. If you are a new listener slash reader, the state of the Sanderson is when Brandon Sanderson tells his fans what's going on, what he's been working on, what he's got in the works, etc. If you are a new reader, I do not know how you have found yourself to this location because this is an all spoiler zone. Maybe they read really quickly. Oh, that's very bold of you. Like I they're like that. new, but they just got it all done. This last year was the year of reading Sanderson, and now is the year of being a new Sanderson fan. Yeah, you never know. That's would be impressive, and let us know if you are that person. You can find us on some of the social media feeds, and always over on Patreon.com. But for now, let's break down the state of the Sanderson. Let's start with the most exciting piece, The Secret Projects. Duh! Because if you are listening to this right now on January 1st of 2023, if you're a Kickstarter backer, you have access. You should have gotten an email with your first secret project today, January 1. You can read it. Available for Kickstarter backers via digital downloads. And the scheduled release is, I think, important to talk about For the super nerds that are here and they want to kind of know what's going on and like what to plan for. And if you're listening and you're like, no, I didn't back the Kickstarter. Don't worry. These books are going to be available to you too. And we will talk about all of the schedules for all of the things. Oh, yes. Because Brandon has schedules and calendars and therefore we have schedules and calendars. It's beautiful. We will abide by those things. The air tables and the Excel sheets are all going to be very happy. So if you are a Kickstarter backer, ebooks will be available on January 1st, April, July, and October. Presumably those will be the first of the month as well, but that has not been explicitly stated. So keep your ears, eyes peeled and open. January, April, July, October ebooks are going to go out. That is also when audiobooks are going to be available in a similar way via email as a download. Audiobooks are also going to be available on Spotify and 
Speechify. Speechify is iOS only, Apple products only, unfortunately. And there will be a special code for Kickstarter backers. So if you would prefer to listen to your audiobook on one of those services, you'll be able to do it that way. Now, some of you may have heard about a little bit of controversy regarding audiobooks and specifically Audible. We're going to save that little hot take for a little bit later and just kind of get through the schedule right now because Kickstarter backers are, of course, also purchasing a hard copy of these books. Now, for Secret Project number one and recent winter storms, shipping delays, the hard copies are going to take a little bit longer than the normal and planned procedure for the rest of the year. However, Boxes will be shipped out through the month of January, possibly into early February. You should be expecting your box in your home for you to unveil and read in beautiful, you know, physical medium. As I'm so excited to see the physical books. They are supposed to be very beautiful. And for those of you that would like little sneak peek access to the secret projects, we're thinking about doing a video unboxing whenever our hard copies happen to arrive. So stay tuned for little links and maybe some uh, YouTube videos that may exist for unboxing the secret projects. Now let's go over to the non-backers because as you said, even people who did not support the Kickstarter last year for these secret projects have great opportunities to get these books. Yes, if you are a non-backer, listen up. The ebooks and the audiobooks will be available to you on the 10th or 11th day of each month that a book is going out to backers. So that's January 10th, 11th, April 10th, 11th, July, October, etc. You will be able to access the ebooks and the audiobooks. Now, if you're looking for a print book and you are a non-backer, those are going to be available on a three-month delay. So that means that when secret project number two is going out to backers, number one will be available to non-backers. Think of this as a quarterly project, a secret project arriving each quarter. And if you are a non-backer, it just happens to be delayed by one of those quarters. And the hard copies can be purchased through Tor, Brandon's longtime publisher, they'll be selling regular copies. But for the premium copies, those will be exclusively sold by Dragon Steel. So that's Brandon Sanderson, and you can find all of those links just by looking up Brandon. But this is kind of a aspect that in the state of the Sanderson, Brandon did focus on and has kind of set himself up for more of these premium books mm -hmm. to come directly from Dragonsteel. And I think this is part of his larger philosophical and business-oriented yeah. work that, again, we'll discuss in just a little bit. Yeah. So that's how and where and when you can get all of the things. Books and swag boxes are going to be available for pre-order on dragonsteelbooks.com on the 10th of each month, but they won't ship until after backer shipments have completed. So if you know you're definitely going to want to get them, you can pre-order it and have your order in and then receive it as soon as possible. The premium hardcovers are going to be $55 
And then if you want to get any of the extra swag boxes, those are going to be $65. No, that was a whole bunch of information, but hopefully you are able to pick out, you know, who you are, what your situation is. And if you're interested, you now know when you will be getting this stuff or when it will be available for you to purchase. Let's talk about Brandon's hot take with the audiobooks. This was a pretty good amount of text in the mm-hmm. state of the Sanderson. I thought it was really, really interesting from a lot of different perspectives. You may have noticed that when we were talking about the audiobooks, we did not say that these are going to be available on the most common audiobook listening platform, which is Audible. And that's correct. The audiobooks will not be available on Audible for a while, like a year or more. And that's because Brandon is taking a stand against what he sees as predatory compensation practices on Audible's part. Now, of course, we are merely the messengers in this situation. And Brandon was explicit in his condemnation of Audible, which is, of course, owned by Amazon and is tightly bound to the Kindle, the most popular e-reader. And it is a forceful and perhaps risky move for any author to directly go against the largest distributor. Yeah. And there was a lot of information that I was personally unaware of. Yeah, it was really good to hear like an insider's perspective on how all of this works. And one of the things I really appreciate about Brandon is that he does talk about the industry and the business behind writing and publishing and being an author and like how all of this works. And he's really dedicated to using the platform that he now has to try to make that whole world, that whole industry better for everybody. Yes, this is a key aspect. Brandon is not only taking this action and this stand because of a desire to increase the overall percentage of dollars that Audible shares with authors. So he would be benefiting. Obviously, this is a financial and business decision he is making. But what was so important to learn is that the Audible contracts with authors are almost in an inverse relationship to the author's ability to sell copies, where the smaller creators, the authors who are in a niche environment or simply just selling less books than Brandon are given worse contract details. Oh, yeah, it was really interesting. He said that he sort of negotiated to try to get a higher percentage from Audible. And they were like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And then he said, wait, are you just doing this because I'm Brandon Sanderson? Like, would you give this to another author? And they said, well, no, we wouldn't. And he said, okay, then I don't want it. I thought that was really interesting. And just for context, here is what he said in that section of the State of the Sanderson, quote, the current industry standard for a digital product is to pay the creator 70% on a sale. Audible pays 40%, almost half. For frame of reference, most brick and mortar stores take around 50% on a retail product. Audible pays indie authors less than a bookstore does when a bookstore has storefronts, sales staff, and warehousing to deal with, end quote. 
And let's also put into context what this means for Brandon specifically, because he said with the lost metal, 75% of pre-orders were for audiobooks specifically. So it's a huge portion of his readers who are reading via audiobook. Yeah, not even a, a huge portion. It, it's like 75%. It's all the things. You could take away the 25% and be completely happy and self-sustaining and in Brandon's case, very wealthy just with the 75% who are audiobook readers or listeners. And this fact on its own blew me away. But then when you start doing a comparison of like what Audible is paying in contrast to other industry standards, it is really just eye-opening. And so definitely appreciate the knowledge that Brandon was dropping. And it's, I just think, really cool uh, and certainly risky. So no Audible audiobooks available for at least a year. That's 2023, not the year of Sanderson if on you Audible. are on Audible. <laughs> However, that does not mean they are unavailable. It is just that Brandon will be, as we said, kind of making his audiobooks available through Spotify. That is the biggest distributor by far and probably where most people easily can switch over to or already have a Spotify account. They are free, just for the record. And the other one was Speechify, which I think is the one Brandon is actually most excited about. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. It's more niche. He came to know this company because his son, who has dyslexia, uses Speechify a lot to read um, in a more accessible way. And so he is partnering with this smaller company um, because he likes what they're doing, basically. Yes, they have their core product, the one that you were saying Brandon's son uses, takes text and then creates an audiobook on the fly using, we'll say, like generic language modeling and what is now for sale or will be for sale is the full production audiobooks. So it's not like it's Speechify's not product, if you're already familiar with that. It is going to just allow them to sell the full production audiobooks that you can get on Speechify if you are an Apple product user because they yes. only currently have iOS apps available. To close us out on this Secret Projects section, uh, I just want to read another quote from Brandon, quote, I really hope you enjoy this surprise experience next year, and I hope you don't get overwhelmed. I promise not to do anything like this again in the near future, but at least all four books plus Defiant, which also releases next year, when added together, are not that much longer than a Stormlight novel. So it's actually quite an ordinary amount of Sanderson, if you think about it, just spread out across multiple titles, end quote. I just love Brandon so much for like apologizing for giving Five us novels. more than we could have ever asked for <laughs> and it's like i hope you don't get overwhelmed i'm like brandon do you not know your fandom at all we will literally take as many books as you want to give us always whelmed yes just ready to be whelmed stay That's whelmed so it is going to be a huge year of secret projects. As we said, some, some video unboxing, lots of different discussions about the 
individual books throughout the secret projects, maybe a couple of non-Cosmere conversations when Defiant drops. Yep. And most importantly, over on Patreon, we will be doing a secret project book club. Yeah, we have done the book club on the Patreon in the past. And this is how we have figured out sort of how to talk about these books when we do have such a funky release schedule, when different people are going to be getting the books at different times. We want everyone to be able to read and listen and participate in the conversation. So to start with, the book club episodes for this secret projects are going to be on Patreon, probably two to four weeks after a book is available. We'll start that series. And then about three months after that, when the books become widely available to everyone, those episodes will go up on our regular podcast. That is right. We are going to be releasing the book club episodes from our Patreon feed to everyone when the secret project is available to everyone. And so that's kind of the quarterly delay that we previously talked about. You can look for secret project book club episodes on our main feed. Another big announcement that we were looking for, waiting for, watching for in the state of the Sanderson this year is what is going on with Hollywood. We know that there is something in the works. I definitely thought we were going to get the announcement in the state of the Sanderson. Unfortunately, these are still under the category of, quote, I can't talk about this yet, end quote. I think a lot of people were getting their hopes up. Of course, Brandon poked us to get our hopes up a bit. He said explicitly that production would be beginning in 2023 on something. And I think that probably as the something becomes more defined, that may also include things like non-disclosure agreements and, you know, a lot of people getting involved saying like, this is what we can say. This is when we can say it. You're not just like freewheeling over (laughs) here anymore is what I'm guessing. And so there will be what you could probably imagine a very normal series of announcements from whatever studio, which we don't know, has picked up the project that Brandon is most excited about uh, coming up. I'm thinking if we're lucky by middle of 2023, there will be like an official announcement. Yeah, like at least something concrete enough that he can talk about it. We do have some details. For example, he said, quote, I'll tell you more about movie stuff when I can, end quote. So I feel like that is explicitly saying that it is a movie. It's not a TV show. We Mm -hmm. like literally haven't even known what it is until now. I think that is a sneaky keyword in there, movie. And let's just go on a crazy speculation tangent. What do you think is the most likely movie that Brandon announces next year? I think it has to be a Mistborn movie. That is what I think is the most popular. I think it's the perfect thing to start with because as we have talked about on and off mic many times, the first Mistborn book really stands alone very well. It's just a heist movie. In a fantasy world. It's really cool. And then the trilogy also stands alone very well. It's a super compelling story that is completely wrapped up and self-contained. Yes. And so this 
allows a studio, you know, if the first movie doesn't do well, they don't have to make the other two. And then they can also wait and see if the trilogy does well to move on to potentially other properties in the Cosmere universe. The Cosmere universe finally coming together with a little bit of the film aspect that people have been speculating about for a long time. I will at least do what I do and and go out on a wild tangent and say they're in. They're in (laughs) all the way. No trickling in with Mistborn, <laughs> Stormlight Archive, Way of Kings announcement in 2023. And it's just, I don't know, maybe it's Amazon, someone who has done the Wheel of Time series and obviously and Rings, of now, Power. Rings of Power. They're saying like, we see the numbers from those. We're happy with that. And that's what we want more of. They might just be all in so i could at least uh speculate wildly that we get a uh, way of kings but i do think Mistborn's most likely and then i'll just throw this quote from brandon in here as well quote hollywood things are moving and moving well for the first time in my life i'm hoping that by this time next year you'll know what has been going on behind the scenes but making things in hollywood is challenging and can take a lot of time particularly if you want to do it right So it's possible that we still might not have a Hollywood announcement next year either. We'll see. End quote. That's the conservative. And I believe like that's what you should take. It's nice to hear that like things are working really well, though, you know, for the first time. That makes I'm just I'm happy for Brandon. Yes. So for those who want to play the conservative route, don't get your hopes up in 2023. But my gamble is by the middle of 2023, there's some announcement. So I can almost guarantee there will be lots of continued speculation as we talk about what's going on in the Cosmere. So in between all of our episodes, look for our is a movie going to be announced (laughs) speculation. But for now, let's reflect on Brandon's reflection of 2022. This is usually the biggest part of State of the Sanderson, and this year it was very short. Usually he goes month by month telling us what he was spending his time on during those months. And for this year, pretty much all it was that he spent most of the year doing revisions for The Lost Metal, The Secret Projects, and Defiant. And he only spent about a third of the year working on Stormlight 5. Disappointing. But also understandable. Yeah, as of today's recording, that puts him at about 26% on his Stormlight 5 draft 1.0, which is incredible. A third of his year writing equals about 25% of the first draft of Stormlight Archive. So the pressure that Brandon is going to be under this next year, I think, will probably be forcing him down the writing lots and lots of Stormlight 5. Yeah, he talked about that a little bit in a recent spoiler stream. And it's a pretty brutal pace, honestly, for an author that he is going to have to keep over the next 12 months in order to be on track for that book. So fingers crossed, say your prayers, send Brandon all of the strength and creativity vibes uh, so that we can get Storm Life 5. What do you think about this kind of division that Brandon has offered up with this year, the Secret Project year, and then the following year, 
Stormlight 5 and the comparison that he made earlier between like page count numbers might be the same for like Mm -hmm. one Stormlight book versus all these secret projects. I'm kind of interested to know what you and what the listeners are most desirous of. Would you rather have a varied and eclectic four books or one Stormlight Archive book? Imagining that if you choose, Brandon will do exactly what you say. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think he has a pretty good rhythm or has tried at least to have a good rhythm in terms of Stormlight book releases Mm -hmm. being offset with other shorter releases. I am very excited that at least in 2023, we're going to get all of these other books. Like, I'm disappointed that Stormlight 5 is not coming out, but getting these other short releases in the meantime makes it much more palatable for me. (laughs) I certainly agree. It makes it more palatable. I love how you avoided the question. You basically just said... I want Brandon to keep on doing exactly what he's doing. Yeah. What I am worried about is that it's Stormlight 5 will not come out in 2024, but that this is going to take even longer and that we won't get it until maybe early 2025. Ouch. And that would be that would be a tough blow. But I just think in context of again the really grueling writing schedule Schedule. that Mm -hmm. brandon has laid out for himself and then knowing that things inevitably you know come up obstacles come up along the way it just wouldn't surprise me if it did end up taking longer and so then that's where you sort of get into questions of like ah were the secret projects worth it if they (laughs) pushed back stormlight five like so much because he spent so much time working on the secret projects i will say though it was not all secret projects a lot of it was the many 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 meetings and time and energy and effort that he was spending on hollywood so that also makes me a little nervous Yes, it's a lot of creative demands on a single individual. And we'll discuss in a little bit, you know, how the company is expanding and has expanded. But instead of just saying Stormlight Archive 5, I think we should make this announcement with like trumpets in the air. (laughs) There is an official title for Stormlight Archive 5 whenever it comes out. It will come out and it will be titled. The Knights of Wind and Truth is the title now. He did say there's a potential that it can change, but he thinks that this is what he's going to go with. The Knights of Wind and Truth. You're so much better at including the caveats, which Brandon includes. And then I just skip over and I'm like, Knights of Wind and Truth, get a tattooed all over my body. The people need to know what to expect. Of course. And that is important. However, Knights of Wind and Truth wrapping up the Katek somewhat controversially, adding in that and to also play on the the. Let's explain quickly. Stormlight Archive 5 titles are a Katect. Way of Kings ends in reverse Knights of Wind and Truth. So do now we always have to call it the Way of Kings? Like the Ohio State? I think he was already including that. I have seen both abbreviations of W-O-K and T-W-O-K 
for The Way of Kings. Obviously, yeah. Brandon wrote the title, and I'm just wondering if I'm always going to have to say The Way of Kings from now on. What do you think about this title? I like it. I think that he was in sort of a difficult position in terms of titling and the options were limited. I am curious what this is going to mean in context of the story, obviously. My first instinct is that this is going to primarily be about Kaladin and Shallan slash Windrunners and Lightweavers because obviously wind, wind runners, and then truth. The light weavers are all about truths. I think that's a great call, obviously, kind of our two main characters throughout starting and ending with Kaladin and Shallan makes a lot of sense. We know at least a main plot point is going to be Zeth and Kaladin, the true. Yeah, it's going to have Zeth's flashbacks. Yes, on their journey to Shinovar. And so there certainly is a lot of potential for wind running with that tag team duo. The truth is interesting because you point out the light weavers. I was keeping it within the wind runners and the Kaladin arc. I think that honor, truth have some aspects that go along with it. And I was wondering if there was going to be a hyper focus on Kaladin as the yeah, main Kaladin kind of obsessed. Like, how do you hear truth and not connect it to the Order of Knights Radiant that literally say truths to I mean, become Knights Radiant? There are also our truth watchers that I ignored as well. So it's I'm ignoring <laughs> all <That's> the <laughs> possible connections. To me, it jumped out, but I think that the dual call has always been the correct option when it comes to the Stormlight Archive. It's not a single character that has ever been the sole driver of this story. And I believe that it would be telling if kind of the two key things that were needed are these individuals, Kaladin Mm. and Shallan, respectively. And I'm kind of wondering if there is a... Kaladin is needed for Rashar. Maybe that's a sacrifice of, you know, himself. Maybe that's to kind of lead Rashar as like a new honor. Lots of speculation we could go into. But Shallan kind of seems motivated or at least potentially motivated to leave Rashar. And I wonder how that could play into the larger Cosmere going forward. Definitely. In terms of other projects that are in the works... The Words of Radiance Leatherbound Kickstarter has also been pushed back. That's going to happen in fall of 2023 instead of spring 2023. So a little bit more time on that. Uh, If you, like us, have backed all of the Kickstarters in some way, you'll be grateful for the time to uh, refill your bank account. And that was one of Brandon's main reasons for pushing back the normally spring leatherbound Kickstarter because of the secret project Kickstarter happening recently, just kind of giving more time and demonstrating that these secret projects can be delivered and have kind of a couple of successful deliveries under their belt. So another Kickstarter in the fall of this year, look for that. And we also got some news about the fall release, probably November specifically, of Defiant, 
which is currently in its final edits and revisions, about ready to wrap that up and get it on over to the printer. Yeah, so if you have been following along with the Skyward series, uh, we did that on our book club a while ago. Super love that series. It's a great non-Cosmere series if you need some more Brandon Sanderson in your life. I'm really excited for that final book. That's going to come out uh, at the same time as Dragonsteel Convention in November of 2023. This January is when Brandon is going to be finishing those revisions. And then he also mentioned that he is going to be meeting with Jancy Patterson, who worked with him on writing some novellas in that series, to outline the sequel series. This has been announced previously, this partnership with Jancy Patterson, but now we have the actual acknowledgement or the announcement of what she is going to be doing, and that's handling the sequel series for maybe the same character, Spensa, or maybe a side character or a new character. All of that unknown at this time, but Jancy's previous work on the novellas was a really great way to get new perspectives within that series and introduce new characters. So very excited about her moving forward on this sequel. Yeah, it's exciting. And that is just one example of what Brandon is working on at this point, which is starting to bring in other authors to work with him on different projects, which is kind of weird and like nerve wracking and exciting for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of emotions, I think, because for the most part, these types of partnerships have not been public before. A lot of books have, of course, ghostwriters and teams of people sometimes working, you know, in different aspects of like, who's doing all of the work here and there. But what Brandon is doing is kind of being very public about his process, introducing Jancy, you know, previously into that world, and then outlining with her now to set up the sequel series. I, you know, definitely remember from my childhood, there were a couple of different stories that were so famous and well-known, a series that were written by different people at different times, and they may have all gone under a single pen name. Mm, Yeah. But this is like a more modern version, I think, of those partnerships and organizations for book writing. So I think it's really exciting, and I am interested if other people are really enthused about this or if it's kind of like a no, if Brandon doesn't write it, I don't care at all type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely understand that perspective. I feel that a little bit, but I feel confident with the way that the novellas came out. And Brandon still has a pretty big role in the stories and giving feedback and like edits along the way. And so it still is very much the worlds and the characters that we enjoy about Brandon's writing. And it just kind of means that we get more of them because, you know, basically he has another set of hands, so to speak, to do all of the work. So I would certainly encourage people to at least give these things a shot. With all of this being said, Brandon has also said that he is leaving all non-Cosmere things alone for a while in order to focus on the Cosmere 
Last year, he wrapped up a bunch of different series, both in the Cosmere with Mistborn Era 2 and outside of the Cosmere with his other series. And so he is sort of taking a clean break to leave all of that behind him and to really like hunker down on Cosmere stuff, which is also kind of good to see. And so we're going to leave that non-Cosmere conversation for another time because Brandon is also announcing that two individuals, Dan Wells and Isaac Stewart, are both working with Brandon on Cosmere novels, potentially novellas. But right now, just as with this partnership with Jancy Patterson, Brandon is incorporating author Dan Wells and Isaac Stewart, who, of course, you may have heard Isaac's name before because Isaac is the creative director or he has some other fancy title now. He's like VP of creative development and something something. Yeah, their company is called Dragon Steel. So everyone's got cool names. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, so you may have seen him on spoiler streams or heard of him previously. We've talked about him on the podcast. He has released other works as an author and an illustrator. And we've also talked about his uh, Cosmere novel that's in the works. Working title is Boatload of Mummies. (laughs) And it is about Nikki Savage. One of the characters, side characters, really, from Mistborn Era 2 series and it was those bronze sheets where Isaac had an opportunity to first add to the Cosmere. And he actually wrote the entirety of the broadsheet in the most recent The Lost Metal. Exactly. And so that is kind of another one of these introductions that had happened previously. Brennan's had a long working relationship with both Isaac and Dan Wells. Dan's project, though, or like... Let's just go to the quote. They said, quote, We found a corner of the Cosmere and of the fantasy market in general that's just begging for a series, and we're going to take our time and do it right. End quote. So they don't actually know the precise project that Dan is working on yet. They've got sort of an idea, it sounds like, but they're still working together to flesh out an outline, a plot, Etc. So it's in the very early stages. But yeah, Dan Wells is going to be writing a little Cosmere series. I'm excited. Incredibly excited. And as you were mentioning, a little bit trepidatious, a little bit worried uh, about the, you know, new kids stepping in on the block on the Cosmere. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a little weird. It's kind of like when your sibling brings a new significant other to like the holidays and you're a little bit like hmm don't know about this person yet. yeah like you're kind of a stranger you're in my space with my people and i don't know who you are you could be anybody yeah you better be nice i don't know you why are you here dan wells (laughs) we're gonna be nicer than that though (laughs) we are gonna be nicer i like the way that they're going about this where dan is getting his own corner of the cosmere as he says to write on a completely new world with completely new characters In my opinion, I think that is what is going to work the best for me anyway, to be like the least jarring as a reader. That was one thing that I found with the Jancy partnership, because she was writing from the perspective of characters that we had already met through Brandon's writing. So it was a little bit 
harsher of a transition where you think yeah. that Dan starting in not just his own story, but also a kind of secluded maybe corner of the Cosmere. And just like completely fresh and new. Yeah. Right? Like he is not picking up on Scadrial writing from the Southern Scadrian's Mm -hmm. perspective, let's say. That could be another thing that maybe they had thought about. I think even that would just be too... There's always just sort of a quality that is missing in the voice when you've already met a world and a people and characters from an author's voice. When it then gets translated into a different author's voice, it feels different and it feels wrong and at least in the skyward series i had many moments when i just kind of felt like you're not spencer like i know what spencer sounds like because i've already spent xyz books with her and so i like that he is just getting his own thing that he can build from the ground up that will then all feel cohesive and self-contained within that one voice versus trying to have two voices write the same world and the same characters. Yeah, you definitely described kind of like the easier versus more difficult thing. And Dan Wells is setting off on the easier trajectory into the Cosmere. I think it could be really cool. And because we know that the Cosmere is home to planets with peoples who are not also the home of a shard. We, there are just oh, other yeah. planets mm-hmm. that exist throughout the dwarf galaxy. That I mean, is... I think it will probably be a shard world. I'm but... interested. I like. I think that part of the canon is first of the sun, which doesn't have a shard, though does have like a weird thing going on with Pat G. I think that there's just potential. I find, for example, Spren and the cognitive spiritual creations that could exist just from like latent investiture on a planet to be interesting and though often explored through the stormlight archive still able to be explored in a lot of different aspects i think it would be cool if there was another planet that just was like rashar but had never been visited by a shard where it well, just it would had... have to be visited by a shard in order to have that investiture or at an Alzeum before the shattering. Yeah, exactly. That just kind of like general investiture from at an Alzeum. Maybe it could include some type of backstory about like, yes, at an Alzeum in a vessel form once walked upon this world and like left a trail of investiture as like your entry point. I mean, yeah, if I were... Brandon, I would be using this opportunity to get in more stories on the shard worlds because like as things stand, we will not get stories about every shard world. We may know what the shards intents are. We may know what planet they're on, but he is not necessarily planning on writing on all of those shard worlds. And so, and so you're hoping that Dan so this will is an opportunity. Gap. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, I wasn't going to be able to tell the story of Whimsy World, but Mm -hmm. now I can because Dan can do it. That's an interesting take. And I don't know enough about Dan Wells' prior works to say if he would be great for Whimsy World. Probably not Whimsy World. but Maybe a Valor World. That's just my desire. We want Whimsy World. We want the most whimsical author to join the Cosmere to take over (laughs) writing Whimsy World. On that note, there is also a White Sand graphic novel 
omnibus that is still in the works. We talked about this, I feel like maybe two years ago. Like it's been a while that this has been in the works. It's still being worked on. It's almost ready. It includes updated artwork, updated wording to be more in line with the Cosmere is what they have said, which is exciting. We already have all three, but I kind of feel like we need the omnibus. And of course, therefore, we shall get it. Brandon had this quote to say, quote, I am more and more likely to put out a heavily revised prose version of the novel, as it is Cosmere canon and quite relevant, end quote. I thought that was very interesting and basically a complete reversal of what he said in the past, which is that he has no plans to put out a prose version of White Sand. It sounds like through this process of updating the graphic novel, he's sort of gotten more enthusiasm for the story and the world. Obviously, it's been worked into Cosmere canon more with autonomy being on the scene and more of autonomy's MO and backstory being solidified. So that was an exciting new addition to the potential Brandon Sanderson output. We definitely have some episodes on White Sand, the original graphic novels, in the back catalog. So check those out if you would like a refresher. In terms of the biggest series of Mistborn, there is, we should consider there to be a shutdown on all Mistborn activity until at least 2024. Yes, after Stormlight 5 has completed, Brandon will start thinking on Mistborn Era 3. But until Stormlight is completed, there will be nothing else in the Mistborn universe. So if you're a Mistborn fan, sorry. Hope you liked the Lost Metal. And maybe hope that we get a movie announcement in 2023. <laughs> yeah. For other novels that you might be able to expect coming in the Cosmere, but probably on the long to very long timeline. Let's just go back and forth with these you and me. Number one, Night Brigade, a Threnody novel. Yeah, that was new to me, but very exciting. Obviously, we also have Dragon Steel, which is Hoyd's backstory. That's been coming for a long time, still on the docket. Silence Divine, the ashen novel to me the most interesting one of these potential books is an ashen novel i know maybe people are tired of the rasharian system and are like show me other stuff in the cosmere which is cool but i have a specific interest on ashen and what happened on that world that i need some more background on we also have a potential Aetherworld series coming. So contrary to what I said in our last episode, that there were no plans for an Aetherworld series, Brandon has decided he's going to write an Aetherworld series. The introduction of Twin Soul in The Lost Metal, to me, screamed for a need of an Aetherworld series. I'm curious if any of these may also be the spot where Dan Wells will find himself, because also from the Lost Metal, specifically from Thydekar, we got mention of Mythos. Yeah, a, a new, new planet. planet. 
We've never heard of it before. We hear of it in The Lost Metal. This is an off-world nickname of the planet. So the planet may not actually be called Mythos, but Brandon is tentatively planning a Mythos series. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I certainly... Who do you think... What Char do you think would be from the planet Mythos, but it being an off-world nickname for that planet? Potentially Valor. Valor kind of makes sense to me. And I've been intrigued, for example, like the death of honor would send some shockwaves out through the remaining shards, right? Like they would all know about that. Can't really imagine anybody's in the dark. Where's the closest thing seemingly to honor Valor in this situation? I think those are very different things. I do think they're very different things, especially as, of course, they are isolated things and maybe not connected to an idea like honor and so you're just valor without honor there's a lot that we could philosophically Mm, talk about. yeah i think that would also be cool because valor is said to be a she yes from what we know and most of the shards that we've had meaningful interactions with have been male so it would be cool to maybe see more of a female shard being maybe more active the most active female shard we would probably say is bavadin but of course well bavadin is really identify exactly they identify more as the they and then explicitly interact or the way we see them manifest in the cosmere is even more of a they because it's like through avatars exactly and so really there's cultivation Yeah, but she doesn't really show up. Yeah, she's a hidden shard. Yeah, there's Endowment, who also doesn't show up. Kind of hiding behind the returned. And I think that, to me, the most important one that I would want more information on is Endowment and that, like, second story Mm, on Nalthus. But definitely a valor world mythos you know i'm thinking of course of like the greek mythology yeah and that type of vibe emanating out mm-hmm. from mythos would be really cool obviously highly speculative we have no idea what mythos is we have just received the word <laughs> itself let's talk about some other updates yeah some real world updates because dragon steel as a company has grown significantly over the last couple of years. I think they're now somewhere around 60 to 70 employees. Yeah, about 60 employees up from, I think, like 25, like 25 or 30. They've really built out their teams this year across all sectors of the company, which is cool. It means they're obviously successful. Hopefully that also takes a lot of that type of administrative and other work off of Brandon's plate so that he can just be a writer. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to talk about as the business is growing, as the demands and requirements that we've just talked about are growing. It's good to see, I think, a company grow around a creator that can then, again, this is my belief, but my hope as well, allow the creator to remain creating yes like it is probably more problematic more worrying when you see a creator who's like i'll do all of this myself trying to do it all themselves yeah because especially with hollywood getting into the mix now i'm hoping that this 
division of labor is really going to help uh, keep some of that off of Brandon's plate because the creators and collaborators for any Hollywood project would also be able to come to Isaac or Emily or, you know, XYZ person with various questions and needs instead of all of those inquiries coming to Brandon. Because of the growth in the company and the responsibilities that the company is taking on, Dragonsteel Books is moving to a warehouse that is 10 times larger than the one they are currently in. That gives you some idea about how successful the company has been. And is important because, as we talked about at the beginning, Brandon is making specific challenges to traditional publishing and industry individuals, Audible and Amazon being an example. But Brandon also feels that the other end of the market maybe is being underserved, and that is the production element that Dragonsteel is going to be most interested in, taking on these premium quality books. The best example we've seen about these are the leather bounds from the Kickstarters. But there's, I think, a lot of you know, market demand, we'll say, for people who maybe, okay, I don't want to spend a hundred or two hundred dollars on the highest possible collector edition quality. Those will be available through Dragonsteel too. But a book that's coming out that is merely one step up, or like I just imagine there's a lot of potential. Really beautiful. We had a long conversation off mic about the way that the creation of a book is a piece of art in and of itself outside of the text within the book, but that there is a a quality and experience that you have with this physical package of ideas when there's also been so much thought and care put into what the book looks like, what font is used, how it's laid out. It really adds to the experience as a reader that Maybe you really enjoy and that's your jam and maybe not. And I just really like that Brandon is clearly passionate about what he does. He's passionate about reading. He's passionate about writing. And so he knows that book lovers love books and want options. Basically, we want to be able to have a story in audio form and in electronic form and in paperback form that's, you know, easy to throw in your purse or travel with, and then also to have these beautiful keepsake experiences with the words, with the book that we love so much. And I think it is important to remember for the listeners who are outside the United States and potentially Canada that this is, you know, very American-centric because the hardest thing to overcome is the physics of moving around these great quality books that Brooke was just talking about. And so we know that for many people, clearly, as Brandon said, 75% of pre-orders going to the audiobook version of The Lost Metal, that means most people are consuming in digital versions, one way or the other, and that getting these premium quality books is probably outside the realm of possibility because moving that book from here to wherever you happen to be is potentially too expensive and it makes it into like 
again, not just premium, but a rare, elevated, like exclusive thing that is outside most people's desire to purchase. But I also think that that is why it's really important that Brandon show success in a model like this, because if Brandon is able to do it here, then someone is going to be able to do it in Europe or in Japan or in name XYZ country yeah. that you ever happen and to And I think in. that's what they're really hoping for, for the future, that they'll be able to partner with publishing houses in other places to mm-hmm. cut through some of the shipping costs and customs charges, I think, are the things that international readers uh, have the most trouble with, is that you don't even really know how much it's going to cost. You might buy the book and then pay you know, an extra premium for the shipping. And then when it arrives, you have like a surprise bill after it goes through customs. And they're like, oh, yeah, you still need to pay X amount of money, which is really difficult. Absolutely. And I think that what Brandon is doing, not just with his Dragonsteel company, but his broader stance on the publishing industry is providing a model for other people to kind of follow and do the same. And that's really cool. I believe that we will see the benefits of this for a lot longer and outside the direct impact of people who are going to be able to purchase from Dragonsteel these premium books. Like I feel like it will be wider impact over a long period of time. And so with the last update from the state of the Sanderson, the announcement of the official dates for Dragonsteel Con 2023. Yeah, we are only like six weeks past the most recent Dragonsteel Con, but we already know when the next Dragonsteel Con will be. And that is November 20th and 21st, 2023. So if you want to head out on over to the good old state of Utah, Dragonsteel Con, November 20th and 21st. It looked so fun from everybody's pictures and videos this year. We are really hoping to make it there in 2023. So maybe we'll see you there. That'd be really cool. I'm going to put it on our calendar. Oh, that's it. You heard it here first, folks. Announcement. Explosions. We'll see you at Dragonsteel Con on the 20th and 21st of November. Thank you so much for listening in. We hope that it will be an amazing year of Sanderson. Really excited for 2023 already. And right now, if you are a Kickstarter backer, you should have an email probably from Brandon himself saying like, hey, man, my book's available. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. Go check that out. Also, if you are a Kickstarter backer and you need people to talk with immediately upon reading The Secret Projects, go hit us up on Patreon. We have all different levels of support ranging from quite low to very high. So you can join at a lower level get in on the book club. It is so much fun to get some extra time to talk to y'all fans about the Cosmere. So join us over there. And until next time, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination.